friends. Welcome to Hope Worth Repeating, a weekly podcast segment of Behind the Mic with Mike Stone. I'm so glad you're joining me today. Um, these, this segment is, I believe, something that can be life-changing um, because in a world that the world that we live in, we live in chaos and hurry um, all the time. There's rarely that time to relax and rest. And oftentimes we feel guilty for that. So today I want to invite you to join me as I start really a series of podcasts on a specific book. Um, Today, we're not going to talk too much about the book, but in the coming weeks we will. And so if you want to get your hands on it, it is John Mark Kummer, The Ruthless Elimination to hurry of hurry, the ruthless elimination of hurry. Sorry, it's hard to see there. But anyways, it's you can't miss it like on Amazon or the library or whatever because it is bright red. <laughs> so um, we'll be talking today about some concepts in my own life and what I'm seeing in life around us that is causing us to deal with what I call hurry sickness. Um, So my questions for you today are first, do you suffer from hurry addiction? You know, you can't be still, you can't be bored. You've always got to be doing something constantly. There's, you can't rest. Do you have an inner clock that is always pushing you to the next thing? A clock that causes this harried feeling, even when you really have nowhere to be. You're in the right place today because that's what we're going to be talking about. Hurry sickness has been a thing for me as long as I can remember. I've made multiple New Year's resolutions spanning a couple decades to slow down and rid my soul of that harried, anxious rush. The library is one of my favorite places to breathe and slow down, but for years, I couldn't enjoy it because I was in a hurry. Sometimes because I overcrowded my own life, other times for no pressing reason. I just couldn't get that hurried, harried feeling to stop. It created a low level anxiety of feeling like I could never just enjoy the present moment. About two and a half years ago, I was working my dream job, worship pastor at a, at a church I loved, working with a staff that was like family and getting to lead music and choir, which is a huge passion of mine. I had also been called to serve in this position by two people I love and respect dearly. I was getting to work with them. It was a dream come true. That was in 2019. Um, Fast forward to December 2020, and I was falling apart. I was working crazy hours to prepare for Christmas at the church. I loved it, but it was taking a toll. I was exhausted, and I didn't ask for all the help I needed. I just tried to keep pushing through. My soul in those moments was suffering. My family was barely seeing me, cue the mom guilt. My husband was concerned about me and asking me to take better care of myself. 
Are you eating okay? Are you sleeping? Are you getting the rest that you need? Are you giving your brain a chance to keep up with your life? He would often show up at my workplace with food to make sure I was eating throughout the day. I would get to the church around 9 a.m. and be there until midnight. Then on December 6th, the children performed their Christmas program which I put together and everyone loved it. I couldn't be in the moment really to enjoy it because I was of course dealing with the chaos of making sure that the production was happening. People were saying it was the best ever. Honestly, I don't remember much of it except my duet with my daughter. And even then I don't even remember what song we sang. After that program, I woke up the next day and I knew something was way off. I wasn't elated that the program went well. I was exhausted, emotional, anxious, felt darkness, feeling despair. I cried most of that day, fought off panic and anxiety attacks, and honestly felt something snap in my brain. I was having a nervous breakdown. That couldn't stop Christmas though. I had two more Christmas Sundays and one was very intensive. It went beautifully as I inwardly suffered. By December 27th, I was in a psychiatrist's office and could barely speak through the tears. Cue my all-out breakdown of a major depressive disorder, panic, and anxiety, all happening all at once. In January, I took a leave of absence from work for three to four months. It was very hard. I struggled daily. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to just be. However, I started to get better, so I went back to work. Very part-time, but I couldn't even do that. Cue breakdown number two. <laughs> this time I ended up being hospitalized for four weeks and then doing step-down treatments for another 12 weeks. It was a slow recovery, slow. I was told by my therapist that I had to learn how to just be. To sit for 30 minutes and just listen to the sounds around me. Use all my senses and especially focus on God's great love for me. Sounds pretty doable, right? Nope, not one bit. It was one of the hardest things I'd ever done. To sit there, to just be, to not work on a project, to not sign up to volunteer for something. I felt useless. To let others take care of me, to just sit and listen for 10 minutes felt like an eternity. But over time, it got easier. Now I look forward to those times. After my hospitalization, my husband of 23 years asked for a divorce. It was a crushing blow. It still is some days. So the slow process of healing continues every day, left foot, right foot, one foot in front of the other, one day at a time. In June, I'll be walking my second NAMI walk that helps provide free resources for families dealing with mental illness. If you'd like to be part and donate, that would be awesome. I'll put a link in the show notes. There's no pressure to donate and 100% of the donations will go to NAMI. 
There are other mental health organizations I support that I will also put in the show notes in case you or a family member or friend are needing help right now. Thank you for listening to my story today. Today turned more into a story time of my real life. If you're comfortable, I would love for you to reach out to me with your story. There's power in sharing our stories. It continues to break mental illness stigma and also let others know they're not alone. Friend, you are not alone. My contact info is in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. I'm happy to report that I can see the sunshine again and begin to enjoy God's many blessings. There are hard days. There are hard weeks. But there is hope for me and there is hope for you. Next week, we're going to start a series based on John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I believe this topic and the practical changes that can be made as prescribed in this book and God's word can rescue us as individuals and families from the detrimental disease of hurry. Don't forget to tune in um, next week as we begin diving into what I believe can be life-changing, especially if you're dealing with constant hurry that's leading to stress, stress, distress, leads us to all kinds of things, physical ailments, mental ailments, family tension, um, insomnia. Distress is not good for our bodies in the long term. And many of us live from stress to stress to stress. I'm going to do this, then this, then this, with little to no margin in our lives. And then we wonder why we're sick. We wonder why we can't sleep well at night. Thus the disease of hurry. I read a book a while ago by Richard Swenson called Margin. And he talked about how progress was supposed to help us to actually find more time to do the things that matter, like spending time with family or relaxing, taking a vacation, and being able to actually enjoy it. So progress with technology was supposed to take the 40-hour work week and make it into a 20-hour work week where we had 20 extra hours there because of the speed of technology to be able to not be in stress, to be able to relax, really to calm us down as a society to avoid these sicknesses and these um, consequences of distress. Unfortunately, progress had the opposite effect. What we used to do in 40 hours, we still work those 40 hours, sometimes more, but we're expected to complete 60 to 80 hours of work because of the speed of technology. We're expected to always be on call, to be available, you know, if someone texts us and we don't text them back within five minutes, they're texting again. Someone sends an email, they want a response right away. There's not that margin. Many of us don't put our work down. 
it follows us wherever we go. So my goal in my life and my hope for you is for you to be able to start to eliminate hurry from your life and find true margin so you can be present in the moments of life that matter. Moments that we don't get back because life moves forward. So I hope you'll join me um, on this journey as we work to eliminate hurry from our lives. I want to end today with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, if we don't find green pasture for ourselves, don't be surprised when God makes you to lie down in green pasture. I'll see you next week for Hope Worth Repeating. Don't forget to tune in on Sunday for Behind the Mic, Conversations of Grace with Mike Stone. You don't wanna miss these conversations he's having. They're powerful, inspiring, encouraging, and they really get to the heart and the, the point of why we do life and the importance of grace in our lives. So I hope that you'll take a listen, Sundays with Mike Stone. Thanks again for being here and I'll see you soon.